With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Chelsea and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie and I am the cute one. And we are here to sadly close out Chelchella 2023 covering Deep Impact with one of my very, very favorite guests. I should say our favorite guests, but one of my favorite guests, Noor from the Reality Is podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. First of all, thanks for having me. Also, happy birthday. Happy birth month to you. Thank you for including me in Chelchella. But I have a question for you, Chelsea. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was this movie? Oh, now see, this was my favorite movie out of the bunch. Surprise, Chelsea. That's your wow. birthday present. We'll, we'll get into it. But <laughs> I was watching this. I was like, I'm going to put this on with my kids. Because my kids, I've talked to you about this, Chelsea. Moonfall is a favorite in my uh-huh, house. Uh-huh. Many times we have watched it, unfortunately. Because my kid, <laughs> who is nine, loves, loves the disaster movie. The closer we are to getting obliterated by something from space, the happier he is. <clears throat> so I was like, this movie's perfect. Let me put this on for him. And then I was like, Ugh, this is making me really sad. I'm speechless because this is not the episode I thought I was going to get, especially from Donnie, who's just been really bitching his way through this entire month. But <laughs> I have to say, I have been fighting with people in my DMs all month long about what is a disaster movie, what isn't a disaster movie. I'm sorry, Twister fans, not a disaster movie, just something that happens in the Midwest a lot. But I always considered this. I actually put it in my top five ranking of disaster films Rewatching it, if we're going off of my purest stance that a disaster movie has to have multiple disasters in multiple locations, I mean, spoiler alert, but they got that second comet. There was only one big yeah. tidal wave. And it's only the last 10 minutes. Yeah. A majority <laughs> of this movie was me sweating from my butt and clenching my butt because <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. And I think that maybe we should refer to that cute little chart your brother put together. Mm-hmm. about what makes a disaster movie because <laughs> i would argue that twister is a disaster movie i wish it wasn't your birthday because i tell you to watch your I know. So <laughs> he would say that it is a disaster movie as well however i've gotten enough impassioned dms horrified that i've never seen twister that i'm gonna add it to the list I just never cared. Like, I saw The Wizard of Oz. I know what it looks like. No. But then I was told there's, like, Twister's talking or something. And so I was told it's a weather-based rom-com. And yes. so that's how I will be referring to it henceforth. <laughs> there's a will-they-won't-they. They. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I would say it's a perfect mix of a Chelsea movie and a Donnie movie, if I'm going to be very well, honest. I saw it in theaters. <laughs> Me too. Wow. 
Contrary to the conversation for the first two minutes of this episode, we are not here today to cover Twister. We are, in fact, here to cover Deep Impact. Donnie, you liked this movie. I did, and I think it's because it's not a disaster movie. Like, yes, it is an ELE extinction mm-hmm. level event. However, it's not until the last 10 minutes that we see any repercussions of this. It's a long-ass movie, which means an hour and 45 minutes are just like character building. We truly don't even come up with a plan to get rid of the thing until 45 minutes in. I can't wait to talk about the plan to get rid of the thing. (laughs) (laughs) The plans? Mm, Not great. (laughs) Well, let's jump in because I truly, I was watching this movie. My cheeks hurt from smiling. I love this movie so much. I was expecting to be fighting with Donnie all episode long, so I just feel Well, I'll give you this. I did go into it thinking I would hate it. I hate Elijah Wood. And everyone else, Tiaoni included, is a very masculine energy. I thought I was not going to like this movie because of how testosterone it was, but it shocked me. I rooted for men sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm just preparing you for the core, which is when they go to the center of the earth, it looks like a giant <laughs> dildo going through a butthole, like Miss Frizzle style. The mm-hmm. graphics are terrible, and there are people with short red bobs. So this was your warm-up to that I will give you the whole year to prepare yourself but next Chilchella might just be all disaster movies I support that a lot <laughs> bring it on your podcast then <laughs> wait real quick you said that Tia Leone is bringing a lot of masculine energy and you hate Elijah Wood and I just wanted to say while I was watching this I was like oh okay this is exactly my sexual preference oh. is like women like Tia Leone and men like Elijah Wood oh. which is why I am so queer because I'm like both of those are a little different i don't think we need to bring queerness into this nor i think we just need to say you have bad taste (laughs) (laughs) elijah wood at that age was like a real cutie patootie you need to stop saying that yeah no not at our big age because that's coming off a little bit like you need to knock on some doors and tell them where you live i was also that age when this movie came out so i feel like we need to preface that when this movie came out donnie 97 98 okay yeah i was 13 this is perfectly okay. fine. That's for me. fair. But also, I always loved Tia Leone, and I could not figure out why because I felt like she didn't get enough love like out there. But I feel like it was because she had a very masculine energy about her. And now, in my advanced age, that I have been able to figure myself out, I'm like, ha, there it is. Mm. Also, when I was younger, 13, Elijah Wood fell into the category of like the Ellen energy in like a boy. Mm. I should have <laughs> known back then, but I was 13 and I didn't know about these things. I was like, I. I'm supposed to like boys. I don't know. I get it. Because my (laughs) sexual preference is also what I liked as a child. It's Barbie girls and G.I. Joe men. (laughs) And I don't want to confuse anyone. I'm not bisexual by any means. But if I had to look at a woman, it would be like a blonde woman of any race. She doesn't have to be a white Barbie, but she does have to be blonde. Okay, wonderful. (laughs) This movie was released on May 8th, 1998. It was a Friday. Too Close was at the top of the music charts. Just a few months earlier, 16-year-old Britney Spears released her hit single, Baby One More Time. Donnie's favorite show, Seinfeld, was getting ready to air their two-part finale episode. And this made me so excited when I was doing my research. No, it doesn't have to do with stacking tickets or how many hours you've slept. 
A very on-brand fact for this episode, on the very day this movie came out, a gamma-ray burst supernova was detected by NASA. Now, I don't know what that means, and clearly we're all here today, but science, (laughs) space, disaster. It was too many science things for me to write it down as a fact, but because NASA discovered that the weekend the movie came out, ticket prices, like, doubled from before that happened and after. Wow. Well, it was also the year of, like, disaster movies, because this is also when Armageddon came out, right? Yeah, because when the president speaks to America in this movie, another little fact, he says, like, no reason to panic, we have this under control, whatever. But then he had a line that said, this is not an Armageddon. And then when Armageddon came out, they were like, cut that line immediately. We don't want people to even think to see that movie oh i was gonna say they should have kept it as a little like shady moment like this movie is not armageddon because and i said this before i'll say it again i think of the two movies that came out at the same time i like this movie so much better than armageddon well they call this movie like the smarter armageddon yeah because armageddon was like a little bit cheesy like pearl harbor yeah it was just like (laughs) hot dudes allegedly and like hot girls having sex to their dad's music right (laughs) really quick before we get into the meaty plot of this movie. Donnie, why do you hate Seinfeld? Um, I haven't watched it as an adult, so maybe it was just to, I don't know. Grown-up themes. Yeah. Whereas, like, Friends was people eating cheesecake off of a floor and talking like this, every line. Mm. Because when you say everything like this, it's funny yeah. to a little kid. Could it be any funnier? Oh my God. Yeah. Your 1998 is truly probably one of, like, my chorus, most like sharp childhood memory years. One, it's the year I got my period. Mm. That'll do it. That'll do it. And I feel like I was really in the know. We had the internet. Like I had an AIM uh-huh. screen name. Mm. I probably watched porn for the first time then. And also, I loved Seinfeld. So when you said Ugh, to Seinfeld, I, I said, ah, because that's offensive. <laughs> do you have any <laughs> pop culture moments though, North, or big phenomenons that you just hated the way Donnie hates Seinfeld? Uh, God. Uh, well, you know, no surprise to anybody on here and probably a little bit offensive. Not a glee girl. Oh, you're in good company. My God. Fuck you, Mr. Shoe. <laughs> Me and you, sister. I was not a glee girl. You know, I'm not a gossip girl either. Mm. I ha- have always hated the Dave Matthews band and mm. you guys can fucking come for me. Is that with arms wide open? No, how Is that dare him? you? No. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, that's creepy. No, Dave Matthews is like, Okay, that's really offensive. First concert I ever saw was the Dave Matthews. I love that for no. you. Glad he didn't dump poop on your head. Chicago <laughs> doesn't forget. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So, Donnie, do you have any background info or trivia for us today? I do, yes. It was directed by Mimi Letter, who directed Pay It Forward, 11 episodes of ER, 6 episodes of Shameless, and 11 episodes of The Morning Show. So she's staying relevant throughout her career. It was written by Bruce Joel Rubin, which his career was truly shocking to me. So this, he wrote, he also wrote Ghost, perhaps you've heard of it, starring Whoopi Goldberg. And then Stuart Little too. Not even the first one, the second one. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, quite a lineup. Wow. The budget was seventy-five million to make, and then it brought in three hundred and forty-nine million dollars. Wow. I'll say. 
How did Armageddon do? Better or worse? The budget for this movie was 75 and it brought in 349. The budget for Armageddon was 140 million and it brought in 553 million. Ooh, so okay. it did bring in Close. 200 million more, but it cost like 100 million more to make. Okay. So you win some, you lose some. <laughs> Morgan Freeman won the NAACP award for outstanding supporting actor in this movie. So that was cute. And then Roger Ebert said, buckle up, Chelsea. Uh Roger Ebert said, on the disaster epic scale on which Titanic gets four stars and Volcano gets 1.5. Okay, well, he's just wrong. Well, your brother did say Titanic was a disaster No, I mean in terms of movies he likes. He's going to (laughs) rate Volcano 1.5 and Titanic 4. How dare he? (laughs) Well, Titanic won like 14 Oscars, didn't it? I mean, to who? (laughs) What's an Oscar? (laughs) To me. That's a movie I saw in the movie theater eight times. I haven't seen it. Wait, Chelsea, you've never seen the Titanic? It's 100 hours long. Why would I have ever seen it as a child? It is very long. Should we cover it now that it's topical? (laughs) (laughs) You should. I'm Googling because I need to make sure I'm right before I say it. Not that I've ever done that before ever in my life on this podcast, but hold on. Fact checking is really important to you. This isn't coming up on Google, so now I may have just fully made this up. But did you know that maybe, allegedly, Christopher Columbus was having lunch on the Titanic the day 9-11 during the terrorist attacks? What? Chelsea. Is this another example of how I'm definitely prone to QAnon? Is that not true? At on all? the Titanic? What are you saying? That was a time travel sentence. Chelsea just had a stroke. Chelsea. He went Chelsea. down. Okay, I need to Google this again. He went down on the Titanic and was having lunch. Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus? The movie person. Chris oh, Columbus. What are you saying? Christopher Columbus, 9 11, <laughs> Titanic. My NSA agent's like, oh boy. <laughs> They probably think you just have to do a report in history class and don't know what category to pick because those three words together are nothing. There's a filmmaker named Chris And Columbus. that's who she means, but she's saying he took a submarine to the Titanic and was eating lunch at the bottom of the ocean while 9-11 happened. Oh, okay. No, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I got everything wrong except for lunch, Titanic. During the 9-11 attacks, James Cameron and Bill Paxton were eating in a submarine on the deck of the Titanic. So I was close. Okay. But that's right. how I present things. That's bonkers. But aren't you glad I fact-checked? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for fact-checking. And hairless cats or dogs. <laughs> Okay, let me finish this Roger Ebert quote. Okay, okay. So he said, on the disaster epic scale on which Titanic gets four stars and Volcano gets 1.5, Deep Impact gets 2.5, same as Dante's Peak, even though it lacks a dog that gets left behind. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> so a little bit of trivia. The original cut of this movie had a lot more scenes of Elijah Wood and Lily Sobieski, but then test audiences were like, fuck them kids. So their scenes were cut drastic. Hard to believe so much chemistry between the two of them. (laughs) Talk about queer. We'll get into it. Two taglines for this movie. So you have to choose one to fuck and marry. A nice sexually healthy marriage. And then one to kill. And I'm only going to give you one at a time. First one is oceans rise, cities fall, hope survives. (sighs) I'm going to kill it. I'm going to marry it. Okay. The second one is whoa baby. No I'm just kidding. (laughs) Cut it out. 
<laughs> the second one is heaven and earth are about to collide. Uh, okay. I'm glad. I'm happy with my choices. <laughs> well, before we make you give the plot in one minute or less, Nora, I want to know what character, if any, did you identify as in this fine film? I think... Teal Uni's mom, who I think she's like, oh, the world is fucking ending. Let me get dressed up. And what did she do? Like have a cocktail and just like pass out? That would be me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not a survivor. I'm a nap taker. <laughs> I say this any episode, and I think Chelsea edits it out anytime. Anytime we cover a traumatic movie, I want to get my hand on Nazi pills so bad. Because if there isn't a worldwide disaster, I'm just going to pop it under my tongue like a Motrin and call it a day. Yeah, please do cut that out. I don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> and the moment he finds another word for it, it will make it to the main episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People know what I'm talking about. Stop anyway. it. <laughs> give me the finest cocktail oh, of yeah. like drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol that the world can give me at this time. Give sure. me all of it. A yeah. comet coming to Earth is a nice time to try heroin for the first time, I think. <laughs> yes. If I'm going to die, let's do it all. Yeah, like yeah. color okay. me intrigued. I'm not going to do it now, but like right. if I see the blaze of light, <laughs> shoot me up. Let's you do say it. you won't do it now. Give it three more weeks and you'll tell a story of how you thought you used baby powder, but it was heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Donnie? Like Nor, except the opposite. I also would be useless. So I'm the baby because in this level of a disaster, I would just be shitting and crying. And like, you are going to have to do all the heavy lifting, literally, because Lily Sobieski went through hell getting up that mountain with a baby tied to her. I am Elijah Wood's moped because I'm really good in a crisis and I have just that can-do attitude that really makes it possible to outrun a tsunami. Love that. So, Nora, the time has come. We're going to put one minute on the clock. Can you tell us what this fine, fine film is about? <laughs> what happens when disaster movies stop being polite and start getting real? Deep impact. We're fucked. <laughs> because, listen to me, okay, we're all friends here. Things are getting really bad on Earth, Okay. Two weeks ago, the sky was orange. You cannot have us watching disaster movies, Chelsea. It is not nice. Yeah. I was watching this and I was like, I'm sad because I've watched enough disaster movies with my kids to like be like, yeah, it all seems very scary. And, you know, some people die, but mostly all the characters that we met are fine. Spoiler alert. In this this movie. mm -mm, Gotta get a moped. Hug your loved ones. But. Some of it was their fault. Not to victim blame. Oh, we're going to victim blame. (laughs) Buckle up because they are just absolute idiots (laughs) from H to T, as Tyra would say. So my brother said he thinks that what he and I get from disaster movies is whatever hormone is released for people that are obsessed with true crime, where it's like Mm. your worst fears coming true, but it's calming like we are actively right now in a disaster movie we might not make it to the end but when you watch one of these you're like i could be the one that gets picked for the lottery that could be me like when the president's like you will keep going to work you will keep paying your taxes i'm like god damn it that's literally us right now me clocking in every day being like why (laughs) why am i still doing this yes i think maybe you mentioned this like Some of the best parts of watching a disaster movie is like when you're comfortable and cozy in your house and you're like, nothing in the world could go wrong because this is not real. This one, hmm, a little too real. I was like, the United States would 100% be like, hmm, 
like we're gonna pick like less than a million of you to survive. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. But tell you exactly where the bunker is so that maybe there will be some riots right outside. Not with the extras hired in this movie. They were so funny in that scene. Just like climbing up to the top and back down like it was a Disney animatronic. <laughs> What's the one? Jungle Cruise? Yes! <laughs> that one. Exactly. So this movie opens with a bunch of nerds at a star party. Frodo Baggins mansplains that the bright star they see in the sky isn't a satellite or a known star, which is later confirmed by Dr. Wolf, an astronomer he sends his findings to. <laughs> Dr. Wolf bleep, bleep, bloops all of those numbers <laughs> into his space science machine, and it turns out this bright shit in the sky is a comet on a collision course with Earth. Unfortunately, their servers are down, so Dr. Wolf races <laughs> to a fiery death before he can get the word out to anybody. Happy birthday to me. Okay, this is a little bit fucked, a lot fucked, actually. But Wonderful. this movie is based on a true story in the extent that there was a man that discovered something bad happening, and then he died before he got to tell anyone. So they were like, let's start that as the opening scene, and then we'll just make shit up from there. <laughs> God, again, wow. too real. That's true. I yeah. just knew as soon as there was that truck and that man smoking, I was like, this motherfucker is going to get somebody killed yeah. himself in 30 years from lung cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the car is going to roll off the cliff, but this fucking car exploded, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it was too much. Inferno. Right before it exploded, the envelope of like <laughs> secrets just like flew out of the car. And then Trump took it and put it in his bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> So one year later, planet Earth is still blissfully unaware that they are all about to die. But our Shiro, journalist Jenny Lerner, is about to crack the case. <laughs> Jenny is a boss babe and CEO who really can do it all. Not only does she have a terrible haircut and a new stepmother who is only two years older than she is, but she stumbles into the story of a lifetime during her investigation of why Alan Rittenhouse, the former Secretary of Treasury, was fired. She uncovers that Alan was fired over his connection with Ellie. And so Jenny originally assumes that Ellie is another bimbo skank that Alan cheated on his alcoholic wife with. <laughs> yeah. But when the FBI and Morgan Freeman get involved, she realizes that she's stumbled onto something much bigger than an affair. There really were a lot of twists and turns. Yes. yes. I'm into such salacious bullshit that I was like, ooh, tell me more about this mistress. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, what? There's no mistress? <laughs> like, we never saw the uncle from Succession ever again. We saw that man loading no. up the boat or whatever, and then that was it. <laughs> well, it turns out, like Nora said, Ellie wasn't a mistress, but rather an acronym. E-L-E, standing for Extinction Level Event. This is a matter of national security, and they are all going to die. Okay. Okay, extinction level event is what I'm going to say instead of saying, like, I can't or I don't. I'm going to say this is an E-L-E. Yeah. And it's only going to be something that us three and anybody else who listens to this podcast. Oh, my God. I literally can't. It's an E-L-E. I love that. <laughs> Jenny is confronted by the president. And in a tale as old as time, this martini chugger with daddy issues sells out and makes a deal with the devil. She trades her silence in exchange for a front row seat and the first question at the White House press conference where the president gives a casual quick science TED talk and breaks the news that the comet now named Wolf Biederman is larger than Mount Everest. Luckily, they have a plan. <laughs> they have been working with Russia to build the largest space shuttle ever created named the Messiah. And they're just going to bump the comet off course, scooch it over a little bit and then blow it up with some <laughs> nuclear bombs. I was a little bit confused. 
she was, I guess, supposed to ask particular questions. And then she ended up asking that question anyway, being like, but isn't it true that some of your team thinks that you're stupid and it's not going to work? <laughs> you know what it was? At that point, I was like, I'm too invested in whatever's going on in the White House and in the government. Who's hiding what? And then we forgot about all of that. And we were like, it doesn't matter what anybody's hiding. It's an ELE. Yeah. But I also wanted to follow the behind the scenes White House stuff. Yeah, exactly. Tell me what's going on there. There has to be a mystery. Right. <laughs> All of his press conferences would have induced just such panic from the public. There was too much information. Yeah. And I didn't really understand her motive because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a journalist. I'm not cutthroat enough, I think, to do that. But like, what purpose are you giving the public now by being like, isn't it true that nobody fucking believes in this mission? <laughs> like, what other option do we have, Jenny? I'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. You know, it is so much like the news media to just spread panic. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel. Yeah. Yes, that is how I feel. I'll just say what you say because I'm shriller. Could it be any crazier? <laughs> What's the deal with the news media? <laughs> I do love that Dr. Wolf, who is literally racing against the clock and also to his eventual death, has more mm -hmm. manners than like most meme accounts and made sure to credit the preteen hobbit who actually discovered the comic. But if I were Leo Biederman, who is Frodo in this movie, I don't know if I would want the comet who's about to wipe right. everybody out that I know and love. Like, I don't know if I'd want that to be my legacy. Well, when they cut to that assembly at his high school, uh -huh. I just thought he was like, I guess there was a mix up in Washington and they thought that I died, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm fine. And then that one kid in the assembly, he's like, you're going to get to fuck everybody because that's what people do when they get famous. They get to have tons of sex. And he was like, Yay! And I don't think he did get to have any sex. Maybe on that mountaintop. <laughs> I don't think so. There's a baby yeah, there. Yeah, they've got a newborn now. They're not having any fucking sex. <laughs> well, he does, like you said, he becomes a celebrity overnight. He graces the cover of Newsweek. He gives a weird speech at his high school. He makes the moves on Sarah, Josie Grossi's best friend from Never Been Kissed, how I know her. And meanwhile, big things happening all around. Jenny makes news anchor and the last man to walk on the moon Captain Tanner and his crew prepare for their mission. <laughs> this is where we learn a little bit more about the plan. Their plan is to put a nuclear bomb inside the comet and blow it up. What could go wrong? I'm glad yeah. you mentioned her getting a news anchor promotion because I hated her reporting style. Not only the panic in the White House, but then when she was actually reporting it at the news desk, she says like, and they're going to bring the moles, which is exactly what it sounds like we're not here for your fucking comedy routine <laughs> just please tell us the news are we alive or not but i did have a breakthrough though because when she said the moles are exactly what they sound like i thought like a mole on your face and then <laughs> and then they showed it digging and i was like oh my god because a mole on your body goes into the root just like a mole in the ground this is how i know i watch way too much reality tv because you said mole and i immediately thought of the show the oh, mole from like good. also the yeah. early 2000s and i was like oh, okay so there's like somebody who's gonna sell some of the secrets yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, what would that do for a fucking comment? Be like, we're going to go and gossip with the comment and see what we can do. Honestly, if that was the plan, that might make more sense. Gossip gets you a lot of places in this life. It certainly got me here. <laughs> Lucky 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, <laughs> unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So the first part of the mission does go as planned. The old geezer, who nobody on his crew likes, especially when he starts comparing himself to the riverboat captain, which I don't think helps. Jungle cruise. (laughs) But he manages to get through the comet's tail and lands on the comet. And once there, it's a race to sunrise. They've got like seven hours till sunlight, and then the sun is going to blow up all these bombs. But spoiler alert, the sun wins. The sun always wins. Always. So the sun hits the comet. One astronaut gets just blasted into space, while another forgets to put down his sun visor and just goes blind. (laughs) Not only that, but the bombs fail to get the comet off course. Instead, oopsie-daisy, now there's two comets, but luckily we had that (laughs) nice little hyphen. So now we've just got Wolf and Biederman. R.I.P. to John Favreau. Truly, yeah. He left too soon. As soon as you see him in a disaster movie, you know he's not going to make it to the end. Usually he's a stepdad, though. He's a stepdad now, but I feel like for a little while in like the 90s, this is like his peak i mean he was in swingers then so i'm surprised he had like what 30 seconds of screen time 
Blasted that fucker into space. <laughs> That's true. But this was also only a mere year after Scream, where we had the Drew Barrymore like opening segment before she dies. So maybe they thought cameos with a death was the new thing. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I don't know. I'm just pulling it out of my ass. Well, it is like the reverse SVU effect, where like in an SVU episode, if you mm. see someone famous, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, we know who the bad guy is. So maybe this was like kind of a red herring that he was oh. arguably one of the most famous people of the time in this movie and they were just like and now he's dead I'm happy that there was a departure from like the usual where I was like oh so there's one black astronaut they are gonna kill this man yeah first. so I was like okay if it's gonna be John Favreau that's better because when they showed that astronaut talking to his wife or fiance and being like when I get back I'm gonna marry you I was like no you're not <laughs> you cannot make promises like that you got to be like, you know what? Let's just leave it open. Let's <laughs> yeah. leave it open and decide what happens if I don't make it. Yeah, back. I'll be in space for approximately a week and a half. Fuck someone else if you want. We'll see what happens <laughs> when I get back. Well, he should say what I say to Dr. Ball. Just, you know, sometimes I just roll over in bed and tell him that when I die, he has one year that he needs to mourn me. And if he fucks anybody before that period of time, I will haunt him. Oh, my. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> Okay, one more thing about the space scene. I feel like looking directly into the sun would do much more than blind you and give you a bad sunburn. Like, at the very least, that person is going to have skin cancer in six months. But I would assume, like, your face is ripped off. You're going to look like one of the skeletons from the mummy or something. He truly only had a few blisters. If that would have been his foot instead of his face, you just thought he walked in Disney World too long with sandals on. Like, that was not... (laughs) Looking into the sun. No, honestly, my kid just had sun poisoning in the Dominican Republic, and he looked worse than this guy did. (laughs) Granted, my son did not lose his vision, but still. Well, I guess we didn't see the eyes, but, like, I wanted to see that he didn't have any eyes, that they had been, like, (laughs) singed out, like, little, like, smushed grapes or something, you know? He just blinks and ash falls out. Right. Like, give me something. I'm going to need you to look grotesque (laughs) if you're looking into the sun. I mean, like, they tell you don't look at the sun when we're on Earth. What do you do if you're in space? This is hot enough to set off nuclear bombs. Also, why aren't you putting down the visor? Isn't that the first thing you learned in base camp? Yes, I was just going to say, I feel like this is astronauting 101. Like, hey, there's three rules of astronaut club. Don't look at the sun. If the sun is nearby, you put your visors down. Don't take off your helmet. Read Moby Dick. Yeah, yeah. Or have someone read it to you because you looked into the sun. One little tidbit about these space people before we move on. They're called astronauts. (laughs) Okay. The costumes were so difficult to get on and off that they couldn't take it off once they put it on. Uh -uh. But they still needed breaks to breathe and stuff because it was so hot in the studio. So they would hang them on racks and push them outside into the breeze. And it was at Universal Studios, so there were tours at the same time. Also, not cool outside. Not historically cold In L.A., yeah. No, that's correct. Yeah, why couldn't they just get, like, an AC unit? Yeah, surely if you were at Universal Studios, you could have just asked them to walk into the Bubba Gump deep freezer in the back. Yeah, like, do a walk-in freezer at, like, any restaurant, and you're good. Exactly. Plan a Hollywood. I mean, I think it really speaks to me, and I've talked enough about my diarrhea on this podcast, but what's one more episode? The first thing I thought of when you said you can't get in or out is like those suits are not only hot but like there is pee and poop inside well that's what i thought about eight hours on that titanic submarine with five other people you would be sitting in my piss not to mention if you're gonna have lunch on (laughs) 9-11 never forget (laughs) 
This goes back to our conversation. Oh, circles become circles. This goes back to our previous conversation, I don't know, recently, where we talked about the richer you are, you spend money to do poor people things. Yeah. Yeah. Just like straight people are the gayest people I know, rich people are the poorest people. Oh my God, straight people are the gayest people I know. They just say, no homo. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They've got a dick in their mouth and they're like, no homo. (laughs) No homo. Time for plan B. <laughs> Russia is going to shoot missiles into the sky and 800,000 Americans will be randomly selected to go underground and become bunker people. Some people like science hero and horny teen Leo Biederman and celebrity news anchor Jenny Lerner have been pre-selected to join the bunker. But if you're over 50, you're shit out of luck and won't be winning the lottery to attend this Noah's Ark. Speaking of Noah's Ark, the president goes on live air and tells everybody that God will have their back, which mm-hmm. I was infuriated. Like, that seems like a pretty fucking easy thing to say when you know you've got the golden ticket to go to yeah. Willy Wonka's Missouri bunker. What yeah, the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, is God on my side or is the lottery just the lottery except for the exclusive people who get to basically get their way in? Right. That's when I started to get really sad. You know, it's interesting because like you do watch disaster movies and there is shit that happens and you always see the extras getting swept away by, say, a gust of wind. Yeah. And you always think like, oh, that sucks for them. But we never focus on those people. And I feel like in this movie, we spent all of the time focusing on the people that are going to die. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that really just killed my boner. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. (laughs) But then I made you. Happy birthday (laughs) to me. I have no choice. And I think that is why I liked this one, The Best of the Bunch, because it was an emotional connection. So it did make me feel worse at the end. Whereas normally, like, boom, 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 we're just running the whole time from, like, winds and tree branches and shit like that this one i was like oh someone that was finally forgiving whoever now dies before they get to (laughs) you like this movie because it was like emotionally cutting yeah but still high pace because i also don't like dramas really I'm very selective. I'm yeah. glad this movie hit the Venn diagram just right, it honestly. Did, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> absolutely flabbergasted. Also, in the president's speech, he didn't need to give as many details as he did. Like, you don't need to say people over 50 won't be picked because you get picked and then the bus is coming. So don't announce it. If you're not 50, you say, oh, I lost, whatever. Right. You're not going to have time to call the rest of the ladies in your sewing club and say, none of us were pack that's supposed to have been planned and who cares if they do figure it out on their own because they won't be in the bunker but I feel like it was causing commotion just yeah. It's the same as like, why would you tell people where the bunker is? Right. It should be like you have a bag over your head and they spin you around 12 times and they put you in the back of the bus and then you wake up and you're in the bunker. But instead he's like, yeah. here are the coordinates. People over 50 aren't invited. Live, laugh, love. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this point comes at every disaster movie that we cover. But if you thought that nuking comets was wild, toot toot, buckle up, motherfuckers, because this movie really goes off the rails from here. So in order to get his girlfriend Sarah and her family an invite to the bunker, Leo proposes to his teenage bride in front of the world's worst green screen. They didn't even try. There was Mm -hmm. like fuzzy particles around his curly (laughs) hairline. But in a shock to no one, bureaucracy fails, paperwork is lost, and only Sarah can go below ground. So she chooses to stay with her parents 
and die. Yeah. She's like, I can't deal with this. This is an ELE. <laughs> I'd rather just die than go with you. I don't want to. Like, even when he was like, yeah, in front of the green screen, he's like, we have a great idea. I'll just marry you. And she's like, okay. Like, she is not interested even a little because bit. Because she's a big lesbian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why we can say it. I did not believe this relationship at all. I don't even really believe. I think he was a little queer coded as well. So I didn't even really believe that he liked her. But even if we're just going to say they're best friends, just big beards together. That's fine. Because you still care about each other. So like the fact that he married her to save her, fine. But the scene we have, spoiler alert, at the end should have just happened now. Thank you. Like, the parents said, take the baby, live, we'll die together. We've had our whole life together, whatever. Right. Why can't we do this on the bus instead? Thank you. Because (laughs) I would be like, bitch, you're getting on that bus. Best of luck. Love you. Smooches, take the baby. I feel like one line could have fixed all of this. If the baby wasn't allowed on the bus, then maybe I would, like, feel guilty guilty about being the only one in my family alive but that wasn't even discussed as an option and if they had a marriage certificate it wouldn't be a stretch to be like here's the reason we got married yeah yeah Yeah. exactly the whole paperwork snafu like was really a lot (laughs) but also if they're freshly married like that is such a conversation between a husband and a wife for him to be like no I swear I sent in the paperwork (laughs) and she's like at the time before the deadline and he's like no I did and she's like are you sure about that (laughs) it's been on the calendar (laughs) yes also they're way too young to be getting married like that fucking priest I was like how old are they it was a very a walk to remember well they were too young (laughs) I need to talk about Sarah's parents they were too old I know that a newborn ages you but are we Mm. sure that they weren't allowed on the bus because of the age limits they are like 98 years old (laughs) yeah I was like this woman is the miracle of science (laughs) I don't know how she's having a baby (laughs) that is such like a 90s movie trope that one like pregnant woman who's like pacing constantly I'm like give fucking birth already sister let's move on (laughs) and then it goes from you know giving birth to just like bouncing the baby like constantly bouncing a baby (laughs) with full neck control that baby's three weeks old just looking around (laughs) eating solids (laughs) exactly that's another thing once we saw like he like goes to see Sarah and we see like I guess some time has passed since they made this announcement that like the mission failed they cut to the scene where he like goes to find her family and this is before he proposes to her and i was like oh this woman gave birth has a year passed the baby's huge (laughs) baby's massive i don't know how much time passed but it was large and then she was literally like mountain climbing running on the back of a motorcycle this baby would be dead Yeah. Well, they, yeah. No, that's too dark. I was going <laughs> to go into detail. Sh- we can all picture. We've got intrusive thoughts. I don't need to spell it out for <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah, this shaken baby syndrome is at E-L-E. Thank you. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but I have to say, Sarah isn't the only one making wild ass choices not getting no. on that bus because, okay, I know we're five days away from impact. I know that we're in fight or flight. We all have our own journeys. But some of these people really do need to learn how to better manage their impulse control. So let's play a game because there are a thousand characters so this will just be a cute little way to kind of sum it up and yell at everybody all at once so I'm going to give a rundown of some of these (laughs) end of days decisions and you tell me if this choice makes any fucking sense to you okay so we're going to start out with one that's dark but I think the easiest to answer Jenny's mom offing herself 
Correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jenny's dad's new bride ditching him for the bunker. Also great. That's a good decision. <laughs> Jenny giving her bunker spot to her toxic boss slash frenemy slash workplace bully and the young daughter. It makes sense to me. I would find it difficult to do, but I understand why someone would. Yeah. This was the first time both of you watched this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yep. did you think was happening at first? Because the first time that I watched it, I thought she was going to steal that child and not let them say goodbye <laughs> to each yeah. other. No. Oh I was like, oh, she's not even going to get to say goodbye to her mom before this lady like kidnaps her. Yeah, I was not sure what was happening. Like this whole, like I'm going to say the <laughs> second half of this movie, my entire butt was like wet from sweat. Like there was so much anxiety <laughs> watching it. So I was nervous about where that was going but I was like okay thank god please do give your seat up lady she's mm. also not a fighter I feel like that was also her thing she was like I can't do this I can't deal with this anxiety well, her bully wins one last yeah, time I do want to talk about the bully really quick when the biggest infraction for me was when she invited her to go to dinner with her and her toddler daughter after work <laughs> I'm like no bitch the last thing I want to do after spending a day at work with you is to then see you and your toddler daughter at work. I just learned how to say fuck them kids and fuck you too in sign language. And that is what I would do. Oh, do it for the Patreon video, people. Yeah, teach me. It's this. Fuck them kids and fuck you too. The more you know. (laughs) Yeah, I also know how to say go to sleep, you bald-headed bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I love that your ASL journey is just ways to insult people. Yeah, I love that. Do you ever do that to yourself in the mirror? Yeah. (laughs) It's his nightly affirmation. Yeah, as I take my contacts out, I do it. Okay, so a couple more poor choices. We're ramping up to the real big ones. So Leo, our friend, our scientist, our little horny tween, gets to the bunker doors and decides, hmm, no, I'm not coming. He decides he has to go back for Sarah. And then he does. No, this is a terrible idea. And like in Cloverfield, I wouldn't do it. (laughs) But I still understand why. Because you are apart when the disaster struck. This, you already had this opportunity. Like what if he goes back to Sarah and the same thing happens? And she says, no, I'm not leaving my family. I hate you. I like women. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And here's what's fucked up. There's all these people that are like begging to get on the bus. Right. He never goes like, oh, I'm not going to go in, but please do let somebody else take my spot. No, you just wasted a spot for a girl who obviously likes other girls. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? Even the dad was like, God damn it. I was (laughs) like, you hate your son. You're like, you know what? I can't deal with your antics anyway. Get the fuck out of here. And he gives him his watch. He's like, here's something to trade. (laughs) I don't think we're going to be, I mean, maybe like years and years in the future we're at a bartering system. But right now it is just punch people in the face and take what they got. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was also the timing of it. Like, he waited until he literally was about to go through right. the doors of Check the bunker. In, yeah. You could have at any point, you could have stayed behind and, like, tried to convince her to change her mind. But instead, you went through all of it, and then you're like, oh, got to circle back and get my gal. Yeah. We already touched on it, but Leo's parents, the fact that they let their teenage son leave that bunker alone, <laughs> neither of them were like, oh, we're going to go back with you. They were just like, all right, best of luck. Yeah, Hope it works pretty much. Out. They are like, okay, well, I guess. Somebody's got to suck your dick, so you got to get out there. 
Bye. It ain't That's gonna it. be mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, Donnie. I don't know. They were putting a lot of elephants and animals in that bunker, so they had yeah. choices. You know, you don't know the rules of the. Oh my God. I saw a cart full of flamingos, and I was like, "Are you fucking serious right now?" How mad would you be outside of that gate if you saw fucking flamingos trying to climb it, and you just mm-hmm. see yeah. that they brought an aardvark? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, final choice. The president who decides to go live on air, this time not offering the Lord's Prayer, but to tell civilians that the missiles failed and anyone outside of the bunker will surely die. And then going into graphic detail about how horrible this extinction event is going to be. Within a week, the skies will be dark from the dust of the impact and it will stay dark for two years. Godspeed, (laughs) peasants. I'm going to my bunker now. That's my Morgan Freeman impression. It wasn't good. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not a thespian like you, Donnie, oh, so true, I appreciate true. anything. We can't all do the LL Cool J impression. <laughs> Please don't. I feel like that's offensive. It's not. Watch. Pride is what you have. Baby girl, I'm what you have. <laughs> <laughs> that press conference was wild. It was like, people are going to fucking die. Bye. Yeah. Because the president, if both comets hit, you're fucked either way. So it's not like he was telling people, go west, whatever, because that's where the other comet was going to hit. You're truly fucked. Just say, go inside, watch Passions, maybe jerk off a little bit, see you (laughs) never. If there was a disaster, us three coastal cuties, we'd be fucked. Yeah, we're done. Deeply impacted, fucked by the earth. I see what you did there. Okay, so let's... Bring this ship home. So in case you missed it the first time, perhaps the dumbest decision made by the king idiot himself. Let me just refresh your memory really quick. Leo has gone back to his hometown to look for Sarah. And I do at this point, like I'm starting to think it was a fluke that he discovered that comet because I don't think he's playing with a full deck. (laughs) When he gets home, he realizes like, oh, duh, Sarah and her family have fled. They're not just like sitting at home waiting for me. So he steals her dad's moped, but not before searching for the keys to said moped in the most infuriating manner I've ever seen. I scream. Mm-hmm. when he dumped those two cans of keys to like look around it's the way that my kids look for anything i was so yeah. but one at a time though so he dumped and then he dumped a new can right on top like now you're getting lost in what you searched already and now i understand again why the white house didn't get the fucking paperwork because if this is how you're searching for things then i'm not surprised that her family got fucked i could hear like big brother competition music playing in the back as he did that <laughs> I had such anxiety that I forgot, like, what the consequence was if he didn't do this. But this magical moped was the way to go because not only does it help Leo find Sarah and her dinosaur parents and their new child stuck in standstill traffic because, of course, but it allows him to outrun a literal tsunami caused by the first meteor crashing into the earth. And the juxtaposition of Elijah Wood scooting up that mountain to safety on a dirt bike and then seeing the mass destruction caused by the first comet, like so wild. The twin towers were gone again. This movie was 1998. Christopher Columbus had not yet eaten lunch on the Titanic. New York City is straight up underwater. Jenny and her father reunite and forgive each other at the shore just in time to be pummeled by a giant wave. But Elijah and his princess bride are like totally fine. The president just made an announcement that there's going to be like a hundred foot tall tsunami wall that comes through and she's like let me just 
get a good swim in with my daddy. <laughs> I guess if you're gonna die by tsunami, you might as well like be the first one's hit because you're gonna be seeing it come anyway. Mm. Yeah. I will say I was not expecting it. I don't know. I just yes. think because like you said, typically if we get to know somebody, yeah. they're gonna find a way to make it to the end. Yeah. Like, But when they were like holding each other and she's like, daddy, it gives me chills every time. I'm like, oh, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah, I thought helicopters would come. I didn't know what was gonna happen. Maybe a secret passage yes. to the bunker. Yeah, Moses exactly. comes, just yeah, splits it I real quick. Yeah, I did not see this coming. Dunzo, those two are out. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Under the sea. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile in space, the space team, still alive and kicking, presumably inspired by Moby Dick, decide that they're going to try and take out that second comet and save humanity. They don't have enough fuel to make it back to Earth, but on the bright side, they're all about to have high schools named (laughs) after them. So they say their final goodbyes, fly directly into the comet, and blow themselves up. Comet particles explode in the sky like the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July everybody raining down nuclear waste onto what's left of humanity like the president said god is good cities fall but they are rebuilt heroes died but they are remembered that is chilling and sounds nothing like morgan freeman that truly sent a chill up my spine you sound like a straight man with dicks in his mouth (laughs) no homo no but it also sounds like what i imagine the six flags old man to sound like so that I just imagine him like yeah he's like crawling into bed with me singing that Donnie this is the second podcast that I've been on with you where you have mentioned (laughs) that's truly his sleep paralysis Stephen (laughs) (laughs) so final thoughts if we were to bring this movie to present day who would you cast in a reboot or what would the plot of a sequel be if we were to do a remake it would have to be us exiting the earth somehow Mm. okay now we're doing a lottery the ark is going into space because currently the earth is dying from inside out the core if you will i don't think that we live at a time anymore where we should be making movies like this because it makes me it's like the black mirror episode is reality we just i can't do it anymore so i tried really hard to think about it but it made me sad so i failed sorry that's fine no problem no problem. <laughs> I think that all of the disaster movies we cover, my sequel is always like the immediate aftermath because yes, some people survived. Yes, the president's giving a speech. But like, I want to know what is the fallout from having nuclear rain splash upon all of the humans not in the bunker? What happens when the people in the bunker get out? What happens when we figure out, oh, you cheated the system, you had money and you got into the bunker? Like, what is the new currency? What are we eating for food? I have follow up questions. Are we eating the flamingos? Right. My sequel was also immediately after, but it wasn't so scientific as yours. Mine is about like, her resenting Frodo for making her leave her family, like that kind of stuff. The juice of it. Was yeah. that movie Blue Valentine? Like that's what you turned <laughs> yeah, it into. Yeah. You were like, it's a marriage story. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> it's a disaster marriage story. The most common of all. She's bouncing with her baby, bouncing. yeah, and like yelling at him. I'd still have parents if you took the fucking bus ticket. <laughs> And then she cheats on him with a woman. Of course, the whole time. And then he sucks the guy's dick and says, no homo. (laughs) End of this episode right now. Yeah, so final, final thoughts. What aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? I honestly think a majority of it aged pretty well. I think the only thing that aged like a Blockbuster would be this teen romance. I don't think we needed the teen romance part of it, to be honest. 
It could have been college, at least. At least. It yeah. would have made me feel a little bit better about them getting. I was like, what priest is this? Of course, it looked like a Catholic priest. No offense to the Catholics. But <laughs> There's no. none left listening after my episodes, a couple of episodes back. The CGI also did not age well, especially because it was only one occurrence. It wasn't like Day After Tomorrow where it's sprinkled throughout. So mm, like yeah. all the buildup was to this wave. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. Although for 1998, yeah. we've certainly oh, yeah. seen worse. Like, it's worse than Scooby-Doo. It is worse than Scooby-Doo. I agree. It <laughs> no, it's worse it's in Scooby-Doo. Oh, well, that's not what it sounded like you said. Take those no homo dicks out of your mouth and say it again. <laughs> so, Nora, thank you for closing out yes. Chalchella with us, for making your butthole moist watching this film. <laughs> Tell everybody where else they can listen to you. Sure, you could listen to me everywhere podcasts are heard. My podcast is called The Reality Is, and I come cover a lot of stuff on Bravo and some other reality TV, but I also cover pop culture and some scripted television shows. And uh, my Instagram and Twitter are at the reality is pod. So next week, in honor of its 25th anniversary, we are covering The Parent Trap, which uh, we're old. So old. <laughs> Chelchella has come to an end. So give Chelsea one final gift by rating us five stars and leaving her a little birthday message. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week and we will talk to you later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.